Hello, friends, and welcome to the Dimension of Our Midnight Cake. I'm Soltis. Joining me in the nexus of reality are my friends and fellow transdimensional beings, Beaches, Lumberdor, and Doug. In this journey to the nexus, we will be discussing Star Wars in general, but more specifically, The Bad Batch. It is both a sequel and a spinoff from the series Star Wars The Clone Wars. And The Bad Batch is produced by Lucasfilm Animation with Jennifer Corbett as the head writer and Brad Rao as supervising director. Dee Bradley Baker stars as The Bad Batch, a squad of elite clone troopers with genetic mutations. Star Wars The Bad Batch premiered on Star Wars Day, May 4th, 2021, and will consist of only 16 episodes. So before we go any further, if you happen to find anything of value in what we do, consider giving us a like or subscribing or even visiting our website at OurMidnightCake.com. What we were able to do is made possible through the support of friends like yourself. So thank you very much. Welcome, friends. Well, Saltis calls you friends. You're not my friends. For I am Beach is the lonely, and I don't crave your validation. <laughs> There's only one set of footprints. That's when I carried myself. <laughs> That didn't make sense. Something like that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there goes Beaches. Hopefully he'll make it back sometime. I haven't watched Clone Wars completely through before. I've only like watched bits and pieces. Mm -hmm. And it's been so long since I've watched any of that or the... I think I watched all the 2D Clone Wars at some point. The the two D Clone Wars that was that was kind of epic, especially with yeah. you know the introduction of General Grievous and he's he's mm-hmm. an actual threat. He's not some cartoon villain, but but he yeah. you know he's Grievous a cartoon. And he's awesome a villain, in that. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's like punching through a clone with his severed arm. <laughs> like whoa, okay. And then you know you see what he did in the movies, and it's like okay. <laughs> got four cool waveforms. What, what, what happened to this guy? <laughs> I I did want to talk a little bit about something Star Wars related, especially since we weren't able to do anything for May the Fourth. May the Fourth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or May the Fourth be with us now. <laughs> now this day, many days later. <laughs> or for the Revenge of the Fifth. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, I think it's great that there are these you know, unofficial the holidays. Revenge of the two weeks later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, for one, was excited when when I heard that the Bad Batch was getting their own spinoff series. They appear in the final season of The Clone Wars. They have a four-episode-long arc, and it is my kid's favorite arc of The Clone Wars. They've, they've, oh, really? they've, seen, they've seen the whole series. They love the whole series, but that's their favorite because they they like these clones because they're so different and weird. And <laughs> and they especially like Wrecker, who is, uh, for those of you who don't know, he's he's the he's the big, super strong clone. Um, Just a smash and grab guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> smash and grab? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, but like each of each of these clones has some sort of genetic abnormality, which oh okay, which um, is actually very useful in combat for what they do. 
and they are kind of a black ops force clone force 99 uh, is their official name but they're called the bad batch by by the other clones because they're mutants basically and they're they weren't fit for regular service so they were sort of shoved together into this oh, new group okay. and <laughs> they're they're connected to to a very substantial story arc in the clone wars uh in the in the 3d animated series um, they were named after Clone 99, who was also a defective clone, only he didn't have any cool mutations that made him awesome at fighting. Um, he had, he <laughs> what was... What a bummer. No, no, no. He, he was, he he was, was good was, at word. <laughs> hardly. <laughs> <laughs> he, he had this accelerated aging, so he, he was much older than, you know, physically than any of the other clones, and he was weak, and he had a hunchback, and he was... All, all deformed, but he wanted to help out with the effort. And so he became a janitor at, at the cloning facility. You know, even though they have robots and stuff that they can use to clean up things and, <laughs> and kind of inspiring a little bit for a special clone squad um, that was in training at the time called Domino Squad. And Domino Squad um, was full of the poorest performing clones, trainees. And <laughs> so they go down like dominoes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they were unorganized and really did not do well with the with the tests or or anything. These these combat tests that they were supposed to be run through to make sure that they were fit for battle so they could actually go out and do what they were created to do. The Domino Squad was made up of heavy droid bait cut up. Echo and Fives. The same Echo that's in Bad Batch? The same Echo that's in Bad Batch. Okay. This was their, their last chance to pass the combat test, or they would be decommissioned and yeah. sent to a life of non-combat things. With the inspiration of Clone 99, they were able to rally together and come together as a team and pass the, the test in record time. And they were sent to monitor a communications array on the edge of the galaxy way away from any sort of combat <laughs> whatsoever it was the, the first indicator that you know that the droid army was coming or, or some sort of invasion invasion force and while they were stationed there there's an invasion force that comes in <laughs> heavy ends up sacrificing himself setting off an explosive manually to to destroy the station so that the Republic will be alerted that there's a problem in this area. That always happens. There's always someone that has to do it, do the explosive part and get left mm -hmm. behind or die or something. Droid bait is, is killed fairly early on in the attack. Cut up actually is able to escape, but gets eaten by a giant eel that, that lives on yeah. this moon. <laughs> so, and so, and so the, the only survivors are Echo and Fives, Captain Rex and Commander Cody, they show up as part of a routine inspection and through a, a series of highly entertaining events full of action and stuff, they're able to take care of everything and, and safely get off. Now is the Cody, is that the same one that we saw in this first episode, the Jedi or no? Is that a stormtrooper? No, um, Cody was uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi's commander. Oh, okay. And he was the one who received Order 66 specifically from Palpatine by name 
to kill Obi-Wan Kenobi. Okay. Um, and then Rex was captain under Anakin Skywalker, and he was a part of the 501st. After this event on, on the moon, Echo and Fives, they are made members of the 501st Legion, and they're also part of some other key events in, in the Clone Wars story, like the attack on Kamino by General Grievous and Asajj Ventress. They help defend that off. While that takes place, Clone 99 ends up getting killed. Was it like a tragic mopping story? He slipped and didn't put out the sign or something? <laughs> uh, he did slip, but <laughs> but but it was not mop related. No, oh. no, this was this, this, this was very droid related. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. But you know, in the end, he was able to to join in the combat and do something very proactive to help save the lives of of all the gotcha. clones on the in, in the facility. Um, so, oh, no, and Echo, so he died as a, a hero. Sorry, ninety-nine. I was going to say Echo, with him being a, like a cyborg now. Did the explosion that you mentioned that heavy set off was that what caused Echo to become a cyborg as well? No, different different explosion. Different explosion entirely. <laughs> okay, this is a special explosion. Ooh, special <laughs> explosion. Was there like glitter and music? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I wish. That would have made it so much more special. So much more special. <laughs> he just hit a giant red button and just totally exploded with glitter and music. With the strobe lights. And just, yeah. Will he touch the shiny red button? <laughs> After the Battle of Camino, for their heroic actions, they were promoted to ARC troopers. And then they were sent to a rescue mission for Jedi Master Even Peel. You saw him a little bit in the in the movies as a part of the Jedi High Council. He kind of looks like Yoda if Yoda were human. Okay. That sounds disturbing. Point to use. But, so but he looks not... like Danny DeVito, basically. Kind of. Or the guy yeah. from Harry Potter. <laughs> yes. He, he kind of looks like a goblin from, from Green Gods. <laughs> kind of, uh, kind just... of a Dobby kind of. Dobby. Uh, yeah, kind of. <laughs> only, only battle your laser sword, so the laser sword. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even Peel was being held in the Citadel, which is a prison specifically for Jedi, specifically for Force-sensitive people. Both Echo and Fives, who are part of the rescue mission with with Anakin, Ahsoka, Rex, and uh, and a few other characters. It's during this rescue mission as they're finally escaping and after again another harrowing series of battles and things Echo gets caught up in the explosions and things and he is presumed dead. Now he's Robocop. Now he is Robocop <laughs> with a sweet Space screwdriver Robocop. arm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, Sorry. <laughs> Fives, he was a part of the attack force on a planet called Umbra, and he was instrumental in exposing the Jedi General Pong Krell's uh, treachery. The character of Pong Krell was really interesting from a, from a design standpoint. He's a massive, really well-built alien creature with four arms, and he uses two massive dual-bladed lightsabers that just, <laughs> he, he can he can absolutely wreck shop. He was also present when uh, another clone, his friend named Tup, sort of went into this trance and then uh, just started muttering to himself, good soldiers follow orders, good soldiers follow orders, good soldiers follow orders. And then he, and then he murders one of the Jedi that he's with, Jedi General Tiplar. Is that related to the same like chip um, order yes. thing that it's in the Bad Batch? 
Mm-hmm. Okay, gotcha. He's arrested and uh, taken. Uh, Fives takes him back to Camino for some kind of diagnosis as to what's going on. They wanted to know if there was just, is this just one defect in this one particular clone, or is this going to be a massive problem for the entire army where all of a sudden they're killing the Jedi? The Kaminoan scientist, she gives this this explanation, but Fives doesn't accept that. So he starts his own investigation with a with a wacky medical droid as a sidekick, and he uncovers... Just an override switch, basically, yeah. So that's implanted in, in all of the clones at, you know, w- when they're gestating in their little in their little pods. <laughs> One of my boys yes. saw that scene in The Bad Batch, and he's like, is that a baby? I'm like, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> it's, <just a> clone. <laughs> it's a clone baby, I guess. And and when he figures out what what the chips do and what they're for, then then he gets into trouble with with the authorities, basically. The Jedi, uh, Shakti, who's at the Kamino facility and who's in charge of of the clones, basically, uh, she wants Fives to go talk to the Chancellor and and present all of his evidence. Is that Palpatine? Okay, so this is where he gets the information. This is where he's being set up. That Kaminoan scientist drugs him without his knowledge, and Palpatine fakes an assassination attempt, like 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 Fives is trying to kill him. Oh, okay. Fox and all of his his clones in the red armor, they're going after Fives and Anakin and Rex and everybody. They're all trying to figure out what is going on. Because they know Fives, and they know that you know, that he's not a liar or anything. They, they just yeah. want to figure out what is going on. It's really, really tragic. In the end, Fives is there. He's being contained in one of those uh, weird, you know, force field things, and he's trying to explain what's going on to both Anakin and Rex. But before he's able to explain, Commander Fox shoots him through the heart, and and so he dies, knowing the truth about Palpatine, about Order sixty six. And and what's going to happen to the Jedi, but was unable to communicate it to anybody. So the Commander Rex that's mentioned in Bad Batch is the same one you're talking about, but he doesn't know that this was going to happen. No, no, he he doesn't know okay. that it was going to happen. And and that uh, Rex's part in the whole thing actually comes into play at the very end of the Clone Wars. All of a sudden, the the Separatists are getting this weird strategic advantage. Like they're they're able to almost predict. The movements of the Republic forces and and how they're going to respond in counterattacks and things like that. It's really weird. So a, an elite force is brought in to figure out the problem, and that is the Bad Batch. And then that's where we're introduced to all the characters, and we realize, you know, that they're these uh, super cool mutant clones that <laughs> are, are are kind of off, and <laughs> they you know they're they're not very militaristic. <laughs> they, kind of their own little RPG party going. Yeah, they they are. Almost. Um, <laughs> so so you have Hunter, Wrecker, Crosshair, and Tech. Wrecker is is super strong. Uh, you have Hunter. He senses um, electromagnetic fields, so it's like a sixth sense. So he's yeah. able to to track things. You know, really easily and and also you know fight droids very easily <laughs> you know he knows when he knows where the droids are <laughs> i didn't know that about the magnetic field from watching the bad batch i just thought he was just kind of like this natural kind of leader and being able to pick up on things more like you're saying like a sixth sense kind of then you have tech who's you know, very good with tech and crosshair fantastic marksman um but they all work super well together. And you see them just decimate entire 
platoons of droids and and things, you know, almost effortlessly. While they are they're investigating, they find evidence of an algorithm that is predicting all of the Republic's movements. They steal the algorithm. There's a code embedded inside that they're able to decrypt. It's a live transmission code from Echo. This leads them to believe that Echo is still alive. They appeal to the Jedi Council to be able to send off on this rescue mission. The Jedi Council denies it, and they decide that they're going to go anyway. So Anakin, Rex, and the Bad Batch, they all go off to uh, Skeko Minor, which is a planet run by the... Well, I, I don't know if it's run by, but but there's a presence of the Techno Union at this um, at this planet. And the Techno Union, I thought, was, was a really cool organization that was not utilized very well in either the Clone Wars or any of the prequels. After they land there on Skeko Minor, they're able to get into the facility and they find Echo and he is, it's really kind of disturbing when you see him for the first time, uh, kind of like a, almost like a techno zombie where he's, yeah. he, he's alive, but he's not conscious. And the techno union has been using- Him to get the information. After, again, more harrowing experiences, they're able to get Echo disconnected you know, back to the base and rehabilitated a little bit. When the Bad Batch is, is leaving after they finish their mission, Echo joins them and he becomes a new member of the Bad Batch. And okay. we pick up with the show. I was going to say, was there a big time difference between where that story ended and this one picked up that you know of? Pro- probably a few weeks or so. Okay. One of the things I really enjoy about about the Bad Batch is their, is the design for their armor. How it's oh it's, yeah it's, it's really black cool. and red yeah, I was just and get some images yeah and and you can see in their in their helmets especially the different designs that are more closely related to you know stormtrooper helmets I think Tech has has one that looks like one of the speeder bike stormtroopers uh-huh. uh, one of the uh-huh. scout troopers they've all got their own personality in mm-hmm. the armor too <laughs> and Wrecker's big you know alien skull on his. <laughs> It's like something that you see off of uh, Halo or, or something. Uh, yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a very interesting group of soldiers. They're outsiders basically to the rest of the clones. And you follow this group as the war comes to an end, as the Galactic Empire is formed, and how they navigate that. And I guess because of their genetic mutations and things like that, their chips weren't active when Order 66 was given. Seemed like the only one that was, was... um, Crosshair. Yes, Crosshair. Mm -hmm. Um, Which his is interesting. I mean, I'm I'm interested to see where that arc goes because of, I can't remember any of the aliens' names, but the, the really lanky aliens that can control the cloning technology... Um, mm-hmm. I'm interested to see where his arc goes because right now he's not really in control of himself, but it seems like those, those aliens were kind of had something in their back pocket to see how this pans out with the um, Palpatine's plan since it's all kind of unknown to everybody right now mm-hmm. and everything's changing. Like you're talking about Lumberdor after order 66 is issued and all the Jedi are you know, wiped out. And now that there's this new galactic empire that has been formed and uh, conscripted soldiers versus clones, because the clones are very expensive. They're very, very good soldiers, but they're very expensive. So now uh, Tarkin, he's coming to the facility to evaluate everything and see whether there is a future for this cloning program in the empire versus um, conscripting soldiers and you know, enlistments and um, and and so there, there's a conflict there with 
the, the Kaminoans trying to make sure that they are still valuable to this new empire, proving that their clones are the best, that the empire needs them for that in order to keep peace throughout the galaxy now that everything has sort of been thrown up topsy-turvy again. From the looks of it, Arkin's not even interested in that, really. He's more of interested in the skill sets of these soldiers that of the Bad Batch, not necessarily for the same reasons the... Um, um, shoot, whatever those, whatever you just said, <laughs> the other aliens. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I can never get their names right. Oh, <laughs> uh, there, there are so many alien species in, in Star Wars. But and the director, the uh, I guess it was the Bad Batch in this. Uh, Dave Fioni is that his name? Um, uh, Dave Filoni. Filoni. Mm-hmm. Um, it amazes me seeing him speak at any time because it's just it's just a wealth of information that he, he can just pull out of and know all of this just off the back of back of his hand. Like it's just, Oh amazing. yeah. Yeah. Also impressive is D Bradley Cooper, the voice actor who does the voice of all the clones. I mean, he's, he's doing a lot of heavy lifting with his performances uh, as, uh, you know, not only in, so in the clone wars for all the clones, but also in the bad batch as all the clones. So he's doing the, all the voices. Uh, he's doing all, all the voices for the clones um the clones but i mean that's a ton for just the subtle differences and everything going on being able to do the same voice but variations on the same voice enough to where everybody has their own personality and character to it and you know by here just by hearing it that oh it's this character that's talking or it's it's fantastic and Mm -hmm. i didn't realize um, that i was looking up some other things that he's been in he has done just about everything. Anything that you've seen, he's probably been a part of. Uh, a lot of stuff for Cartoon Network, Johnny Bravo, the Powerpuff Girls, Samurai Jack, um, Invader Zim. There's so much crossover with the voiceover work, it seems. Oh, yeah. Which is good for them, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but in feature films, I was surprised that to learn that he was in Space Jam. He was the voice of Daffy Duck. Really? <laughs> and the Tasmanian Devil. <laughs> nice. Uh. That's interesting. Yeah, I guess at that point, they wouldn't have had any Looney Tunes like property for a while. So that's pretty interesting. Yeah, but he's had a very long career as a voice actor, very successful with it too. Yeah, I've liked what I've heard so far and seen. But And I, I'm sorry, I really didn't want to spend the entire time talking myself, but I did want to kind of get established where all this fits into the story with... No, that's fine. It's uh, like I... Like I said, I've only heard bits and pieces or or seen bits and pieces of the 3D Clone Wars. And Mm -hmm. there's so much to the Star Wars universe anyway that it is something you can kind of pick up and um, jump in with if you don't know everything. But like especially this where it's a group formed off of this previous story arc, arc, that stuff's good to know. (laughs) That guy's cinnamon bun on Adventure Time. I'm looking through all of this. Yes. I mean, and he does such a good job. Like you, you hear these voices and like, I would not have thought that the same guy who voiced Cinnamon Bun, who voiced, also voiced Daffy Duck, also voiced the clones in, in the Clone Wars and the Bad Batch. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like uh, some some voice actors you can tell, like Dolls Butler, he's one that sometimes I can tell and sometimes I can't because like he did Huckleberry Hound and um, some of the other Hanna-Barbera characters. Like, but mm-hmm. you can, some, some of, of them you can really similar. hear. Yeah. Similar. But um, he's another one too that it surprised me. Some of the characters he did that 
were didn't sound anything like Huckleberry Hound at all. How fun would it be to be the voice of Cinnamon Bun? I just <laughs> that'd be a lot of fun. I'm sure I might be more a peppermint butler guy myself. <laughs> nice uh love peppermint <laughs> butler <laughs> i need to finish that show i'm like halfway through it i'm in like season five and i've never finished well it. with okay. with the clone wars and the bad batch i i would highly recommend anybody checking it out i, I want to watch took it me <laughs> oh hey Woo! the party's here the party's <laughs> here beaches we were we were talking about the Clone Wars and the Bad Batch. So it just gave us a very nice recap of everything that led up to what starts the Bad Batch. Mm-hmm. So we're actually about to talk about it. So you're right on time. I'm I'm right on time to know nothing. Except I didn't watch it, so I don't know anything either. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but you got the recap. <laughs> but now I at least am ready to watch it. Yeah, I want to. Mm-hmm. I fell asleep to the opening of an episode today. Oh, nice. uh, I started watching it and... Um, I don't think we got 10 minutes in and, and uh, Beaches was snoozing. It's not a critique of the no, show. No, it wasn't. He snoozed for a good two hours, and so it wasn't a critique mm. of the show. <laughs> With The Clone Wars, it, it took me a, a while to, to get into it. I just wanted something to watch and something that had a lot of episodes that I could just you know watch while I fell asleep. But then I realized that, oh, this story is actually really cool. It took me a bit to get over how the characters looked in, in the beginning, they, they're, they're very static. And in the first season, the animators are trying to figure out how to animate all the characters. And there's some growth that takes place there. I'd say I had that same issue. Like, and I think it's just the style that they're animated in. Like, it's it's not bad. It looks good. I even noticed, like, that this show looks better than the previous version, I feel like, with the Clone Wars. Oh, um, yes, most definitely. But and... it's, the, it's the pacing. I think it's just it's harder for me to get into that with the style, the look of the show and what the content is. And it's not a knock against star Wars or anything. It's just, it's just something about it. It's just hard for me to get into, but once I got into it, it, I really, I really enjoyed the first two episodes I watched. Just from the first season to the second season of clone wars, there's a huge improvement with the animating techniques and styles and, and things like that. And then the final season is, is absolutely gorgeous <laughs> to watch. Anybody who's a fan of any kind of computer animation will will find things to really enjoy about it. I think for me, In the it's... final season, we're, you're talking oh, about sorry. Clone Wars, right? It, yes. yes. Mm-hmm. That came out some years later, right? Yes. There was a bit of a separation between when it was canceled and when they decided to finish it. Mm-hmm. So is there a difference in who animated it? I believe that it's the same team and you know done by the same people. It's one of those those seasons that uh, that does really well at tying enough up that that you feel, okay, there's some resolution here. I like when they do leave some things to your imagination. Mm-hmm. You don't have to you don't have to knot up every loose end. Le- leave something to your fans' imagination. Mm-hmm. And then with the bad batch, you know, can I say something? Sure, sure. I, I, it's it's something that's sprung up, I, I guess, with the internet and authors and creators being able, having the ability to sort of make canon just ideas that they decide to throw out there after a product is finished. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yes. So like with the <laughs> JK Rowling and there's just so many things that's like after after a Marvel film comes out and the director decides to say well this is why something happened and suddenly 
in the fans' minds, that's canon, even if in the next movie they'll completely ignore that. <laughs> and I kind of, I, I hate that. Canon is a funny thing. Um, it doesn't exist in wrestling, and it should, and it pisses me off. <laughs> <laughs> completely ignore when people blow up and all this stuff happens, and then they do it again two weeks later. <laughs> It's like, did we forget that Hulk Hogan was just uh, a complete bad guy for like, what was it, five years? Yes. <laughs> and then in real life, even longer. Oh. <laughs> Zing. Hulk Hogan. Burn. Nice. <laughs> you really slammed him. Yeah, body man. slammed that into the internet. <laughs> yeah. You're right. And it's also leading I miss to just having a lot of reboots. I think that are too soon. I, I miss having a movie coming out and not really knowing more than the trailer before it and uh, not knowing much of the behind the scenes other than what they wanted to reveal and say like a featurette right. before the movie or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ah, that was a different time. Yeah. <laughs> before the dark times. <laughs> Back in my day, we were clueless. Yeah. <laughs> I tried to, I tried to preserve that as much as I can in my life. Yes. <laughs> can you imagine how different the ending of uh say Infinity War would have been before the internet? <laughs> yeah. Before anyone knew with absolute certainty that something else was coming. It would have landed much differently. Instead, you've got people even in the theater going, well, that can't be it because there's a Spider-Man movie next year. Yeah. <laughs> right. It won't even take that big a paycheck. Really, <laughs> Doolittle was just, <laughs> it just was not the miracle they were hoping for, I guess. <laughs> Doolittle didn't do much. <laughs> I didn't see it, so I can't make fun of that. It was okay. Oh. Getting back on track with Star Wars and the Bad Batch and Clone Wars. I'm generally a fan of anything Star Wars, with very glaring exceptions. Namely, The High Republic. The only Star Wars thing I've ever looked forward to is the uh, the Obi-Wan series. And that's purely because of Ewan McGregor. And I'm hoping that he breaks out in the song and it becomes a Moulin Rouge sequel. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I I am psyched for... The Obi-Wan series. Also, the book of Boba Fett, I think, will be really cool when that comes out. Boba Fett was always one of my favorite characters, second to Han Solo. Han Solo used to be my favorite character. It was kind of ruined for me with the trilogy, with the sequel trilogy. And then Solo, a Star Wars story, or you know, whatever that movie was. Yeah. I was impressed when that last one came out and I did not know that he was in it. Oh, oh, the the last yeah, because I usually don't avoid spoilers. And I, I, I was surprised. He appears as of a psychological projection of some something, something. <laughs> a, but a, a Dexter's dad, sort of a <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, some some sort of weirdness is going on. <laughs> yeah, and that's saying something for Star Wars. That whole universe is weird. Clone Wars saved the the prequel trilogy for me. I, I really did not care for the prequel trilogy at all. The Clone Wars kind of helped soften that a bit with the Bad Batch. And we get these really unique clones and and the introduction of a new clone, Omega. And we know that that she also has some sort of genetic alteration. I was going to ask, is, has her character been around before at all? No, 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 she's, okay. she's brand new for the series. And she becomes an adopted member of the Bad Batch. 
And, and then there's this found family story that takes place, which Dave Filoni seems to really be a fan of. And I, I like it as well. It's an interesting way to move a story forward where you have all of these different characters of that come together. I guess my only really complaint, not even a complaint, but um, dissimilarity with um, this and the Mandalorian is that you've got that um, kind of rebel character um, going against whatever's happening. Um, not actual rebel with Star Wars, but just, you know, that <laughs> character that is against whatever the main thing's happening. And then you're an, throwing an anti a kid. authority. <laughs> yeah. You're throwing a kid into that situation where they have to protect it, which is fine. And I'm liking this show so far, but um, I wonder really what the comparison will be between Bad Batch and Mandalorian with just the success of Mandalorian, you know, especially people that are new to Bad Batch and may not be that familiar with clone wars at all it's kind of a, a trope that has been used before yeah and... mm-hmm. so quickly after mandalorian too it's like oh they found success in this you know they're just using that same formula kind of i wonder what the reaction will be with that i don't see it as that way but I, it's kind of obvious that that's happening a little bit i don't know i imagine that it would would continue to work well. Omega seems to be the the culmination of the cloning efforts of the Kaminoans. And it'll be interesting to see how her character develops and what her role in all of this is. In either the first or, or second episode, you see the prototypes for the Dark Troopers. Yes. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. It's uh, they were fighting in a training sequence and mm-hmm. uh, started using live rounds, ammunition, basically, and um, had to fight those kind of those robots like you're talking about trying to weave all these stories together where the um obi-wan series fits in into this timeline before a new hope so we're getting like middle-aged obi-wan yeah Mm -hmm. that's what i figured sometime he's been out in the desert for a while (laughs) sometime in the middle of that uh that one movie uh rogue one Mm -hmm. just not on the same exploding planet thing just no more cgi (laughs) peter cushing please no more. <laughs> Did that disturb anyone else? That oh, disturbed yeah. me deeply. Yeah, the whole time it, I watched it, it made it, me it, very it wasn't, uncomfortable. It, it wasn't the same level of disturbing, I think, as Polar Express. But <laughs> will anything ever achieve that? I don't know. The Rock, Scorpion Rock, was kind of the the one for. Oh, ah, Scorpion oh, that Rock, was pretty bad. Yeah was that was supposed to be his big thing and it's like oh copy and pasted those on there that's just so poorly (laughs) executed i yeah i don't know i'm just like why not just recast something like we can handle it practical effects the last time we saw him on screen like we'll be okay the rock no no No, he's uh, on july 30th coming to disney plus uh jungle cruise (laughs) (laughs) oh geez (laughs) i think that if they had kept him to the shadows, it would have been much more effective. Like Wonder Woman 1984 fight at the end. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know if you guys are going to know what I'm talking about, but with him and uh, Leia both, it's something about those CGI cheeks. There's just something wrong with those. It's the elasticity of the pores. I just feel like, I feel like when I touch those, something weird's going to (laughs) happen. This <laughs> <laughs> they, they they look more like uh, they look more like a liquid to me than a flesh. Like some some kind of 
some like kind a jello of jello mold of a person. Gel- yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. It, it would be more effective if they were to use a, a deep fake or something like that versus trying to construct. Oh, those deep fakes have gotten ridiculously good. Yeah. Yeah. There are deep fake internet videos that are leaps and bounds above what was in that movie. That is true. Which makes you wonder. <laughs> like, <what? laughs> am I am I real right now? You don't know. <laughs> I might be fake. I don't know, but then you saw like the Luke Skywalker at the end of uh, Mandalorian, and it was like the Corridor Crew. I'm not sure if you're familiar with their YouTube videos and, and things that they do. They're a, they're a small special effects company. Oh, okay. On YouTube, they've made tons of uh, videos just about. The various processes and and their breakdowns of special effects and movies and things. But this sounds like it's, it's, a thing it's really I would fun. enjoy a lot. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and uh, like I'd, I'd recommend that channel to anybody. But um, but they did one where they fixed it with deep fakes. It's interesting, and, and it ended up looking a lot better. I thought. <laughs> huh. A couple of guys on YouTube just beat you guys. You think of that <laughs> Disney? Well, I'm going to have to go check them out now. That's awesome. I think that you'd like it. Uh, uh, they have various breakdown videos, um, not just with special effects, but also with animators and stuntmen and uh, stuntwomen that will come in and oh, talk so about cool. and talk about that's the neat. different things that, that they've done in the, in the movies. Oh, my gosh. Okay. You've just ruined my productivity for work tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> like, that was a challenge. <laughs> It's really, really interesting. In Lucasfilm news, it appears that Kathleen Kennedy has canceled her big High Republic plan. Insult is cheered. I did, because that is garbage. <laughs> but the rock, the rock is in that, right? The literal rock. <laughs> Geode. The rock. She's like, guys, guys, I got big news. We got that the is, rock dude. For this. Is this a Pokemon movie again? It is the navigator of a spaceship named the vessel. It is the most asinine thing. Oh, but I always just like bringing up the rock because it gets them going. Oh man, <laughs> I hate it so much. <laughs> it's, I hate no, it so, so much. So now that's just so. So it's a it's a sentient rock. It's essentially it a rock, a it, it, but you know, it's it's just a a rock. It doesn't have any arms or legs or anything. It's just a rock that is also alive, and and apparently there, it's like the guardian of forever in uh, Star Trek. I'll say that would be a good puppet <laughs> character, again. though. <sighs> there you go. There you go. Lumber. Yeah, like the guy from Neverending Story. That was a rock. Come on. <laughs> But he could move. Well, yeah, he had arms and legs and a mouth and everything. Yeah, but, great. And a tricycle. And a, yeah, and a tricycle. <laughs> or or the amazing Korg from And Ragnarok. apparently other yes. things because there was a baby rock biter eventually. It's off ghost. <laughs> oh, oh, that baby is a rock fantastic biter. character. But, but yeah, apparently there was going to be this whole big story of some sort of apocalyptic force event that will also help explain the origins of geode and uh, <laughs> he was formed they were just they're just like nope <laughs> we're done with that you want to know how this rock got here well it'll cost a couple hundred million dollars worth of <laughs> TV and, shows and, and more consumer goodwill 
<laughs> Turns out Geode has a ridiculous midichlorian count. He's a Jedi. <laughs> he probably um, is a Jedi. Someone will lay a lightsaber on that rock. <laughs> oh, geez. Speaking of like nature and rocks and stuff, I was going to say with, um, I think it was episode two with the uh, Omega character with her like experiencing um, them going onto another world for the first time that was oh yes that was a neat little scene and the fact of um seeing that with like that particular type of animated character in the style and everything it was this it was interesting because like you see a lot more um personality in the environment in that second mm-hmm. episode versus the first one all these weird like plants and creatures and stuff um mm. i um i really liked the change and going from that because you're starting to really see them escape and you're seeing more of the the universe as opposed to them just being on in space and on the ship now that they're on the run and they have to navigate that but what you're talking about lumberdor i also thought was was really interesting and really well done this little girl omega she's lived her entire life on camino in this very sterile environment surrounded by clones and things it's the first time she set foot on on another planet much less, you know, experience dirt and, yeah. <laughs> and the joy of dirt. Yeah. And, and she, she is in, she's absolutely amazed by it. Yeah. yeah amazed <laughs> by, by dirt. <laughs> and, and, and just interacting with other children as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, cause she hasn't interacted with children except for maybe the clones as they're going through their accelerated growing process is it's a whole series of first for her kind of like when when rave is flying to this place to meet maz kanata i guess and and she's amazed that there's so much greenery on this planet yeah and you know, that, that she didn't know that there could be this much green in the whole galaxy like I, I thought that was a very cool moment i found it interesting that the person that is uh supposed to have like this sixth sense about things is the one that is uh one, they're the one connecting with the kid, which is kind of expected out of the group, I guess. But also, they don't know how to deal with the kid at all. Um, mm-hmm. So there's no no Having... uh, extra sensory there for <laughs> yeah. understanding by, by children. By the kid, you mean the... Omega. Uh, Omega. The, the, the oh, clone oh, girl. Okay. Well, in the episode, the, the five minutes of episode I saw, <laughs> there was a Jedi... And a Padawan. Yes. Yes. And he seemed to be, was, is he part of it? We haven't seen he, any more of him other than that opening okay. scene. This is my one commentary on what I saw was going back to the Mitchells speaking of uh, characters with ridiculously adult voices. Was that? <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. He, he is also voiced by Freddie Prince Jr. Who voices ah, okay. the adult version of that character in Star Wars Rebels. Okay. Bad idea. <laughs> uh, he grows up to become Kanan Jarrus, who is a part of the the Ghost crew and helps form the Rebellion. And the Scooby um, crew. Mm-hmm, yeah. Like, like he, <laughs> he trains Ezra Bridger. Uh, he, he becomes uh, a major part of the story as far as Rebels, oh, as, huh. as far as the TV show Rebels is concerned. So it is, the, he's voicing the a character that will be explored more later on in another series and this one too i guess but that's interesting though that because like like his voice did not fit at all for that younger character no 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 it doesn't (laughs) 
Like, I get casting wow. him if he, he's already voiced <laughs> the character, but like, work like, with the kid. Um... Okay, <laughs> it's like the force and the puberty are with him. <laughs> puberty is that kid hard. Yeah, <laughs> that kid like changes. You're going to be floating rocks. Your voice is going to change. <laughs> His uh, learner braid grew about 10 inches. I would also recommend The Bad Batch so far to anybody who'd be curious. Thank you for joining us in the dimension of our Midnight Cape. We hope you'll visit us again. From myself, Lumberdor, Beaches, and Doug, thank you, and good night. <laughs>